0: So what's the, what's the scene like at the Special Criminal Court this morning? Well, guards from the Emergency Response Unit are outside in all four corners of the Central Criminal Court and a lot of armed officers inside the Court as well. We see some of the security, but not all of it. A lot of it is hidden but uh, it's very significant and obviously it's reflecting the threat that Jonathan Dowdall and his father Patrick are under. So they're on their way to be sentenced in relation to the facilitation charges that they both pleaded guilty to and obviously Dowdall is going on then to give evidence at the trial for Jerry the Monk Hutch, which is due to begin tomorrow.
1: What are you sort of expecting from today then?
0: I expect it'll start on time, which is strange for the courts because, uh, you know, there's always delays. But I imagine that this operation is to get them in and out of this court to get them sentenced. And, you know, they'll be possibly going into custody. I imagine they will. So that'll be another operation to get them into secure custody. If so, if they get suspended sentences, they will be moving them to wherever these safe houses are because they're under witness protection. But, you know, at a sentence hearing, we could have a sentencing, rather we could have a victim impact statement. I'm not sure about that. The Byrne family might want to have something read into the court. I expect them to be here as they've been here for everything in relation to the Regency and the murder of David Byrne. Justice Tony Hunt will be the presiding judge. He's already remarked that Dowdall, Jonathan Dowdall, will be facing a prison sentence sentence of some sort. So I will be surprised if... If they get the the suspended one that their lawyers asked for. Head in and see. Exactly.
1: So we're just out of the court, and Jonathan and Patrick Dowdall are going to prison
0: as expected, and, you know, as we were kind of, it was hinted at certainly during the sentence hearing by Justice Tony Hunt that, you know, a custodial sentence was the only way. Now, it started, same as the last time, they came in through what would be the jury area. There was a lot of security in the courtroom, wasn't there? It's discreet, though.
1: Mm. Still, there's a lot of it, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. and they were walked around, and, of course, we sat in front of the Byrne family. Um James Jaws Byrne, David Byrne's father. His mother Sadie Byrne was there, and I think his sister Melanie Johnson and his his former partner was also there uh, in the in the body of the courtroom. Big media presence as well, obviously, huge interest in this. Um, so it started with Oh, Higgins just asked to uh, for a few bits before before the sentence and he wanted to bring the court's attention to, in the event of a custodial sentence, I think he was being quite hopeful there. <laughs> he was a bit, yeah. Um, but he, he spoke about that they were charged, that Dowdall was charged on the 22nd of April 2021 with this Regency offence, which at the time was murder, the murder of um, David Byrne. And at that time, last... April last year, he was serving another sentence, which was due to finish on the 23rd of April 2022. So he said um he was given bail on the 21st of April, so two days before that sentence was due to end. But he seems to have applied through the prison service prior to that, uh For getting out early, for good behaviour kind of thing? Yeah, it seemed what he called an enhanced programme or something like that. So it
1: would have just speeded up his release, I guess.
0: And he felt that he wasn't sort of, they didn't sanction that release because he was at the time facing this murder charge and it was for seven and a half months. So he said it was the, the discretion of the court whether or not to knock that seven and a half months off a custodial sentence if they were going to get one, basically. And in relation to Patrick Dowdall, he said that it was similar circumstances that he was charged in relation to the Regency on the 20th of April 2021. He wasn't... He was finished his other sentence in relation to the kidnapping, but he stayed in prison until the 21st of April 2022. So he did a year on remand on this charge, the original charge he he faced. So that basically, he said, would exclude that year. So when they gave it a sentence, if they've been in custody, they backdated basically. So he said he was entitled to that. Now, have you seen a sentence hearing before? No, this is my first. Yeah, it's a little bit like a mathematical uh, class, isn't it?
1: Well, a very, basic very basic. one. Well, well, for class. me, it's not
0: basic, but yeah, I have to follow it very closely. And so, um, but yeah, for those who haven't seen a sentence hearing, what happens is the judge will sort of firstly identify the headline sentence, which is you know what the the um, the charge can get. So obviously in uh, murder there's a mandatory sentence but in every other offence there's a headline sentence and they, it, he says it comes in two stage basis so they have to identify this appropriate headline sentence and then they have to look at the aggravating and the mitigating circumstances which add or subtract basically. So you, you say, say for example there's um, an offence that you commit right and you're looking at 15 years they kind of go well how bad was it in the range of these offences? So if it was not so bad, you'd be looking at your headline being between one and five. If it was medium, five and ten. And, uh, you know, if it was kind of the, the higher end of the scale, the more serious end, it would be the sort of 10 to 15 years. And um, because, I suppose, the result of this conviction, they've, they have pleaded guilty to facilitating a criminal offence, but the criminal offence resulted in murder. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously the far end of the scale in relation to Jonathan, he said. So he went back a lot to this Martin Aylmer appeal. Martin Aylmer was convicted in relation to aiding a criminal gang, which was actually the Kinnahans, the other side he was an employee earning a thousand a week from the Kinnahans. And his job was to provide these phones, trackers, and a lockup garage, which was used by two Kinahan hit teams operating in the North Inner City. So, in July of 2022, Aylmer was jailed for eight years and four months for helping the Kinahan organised crime group to murder Noel Duckegg Kerwin. So, he's a young guy from uh, Merino, and he pleaded guilty to participating in the murder. Um, of Kerwin and the attempted murder of James Mago Gately. He was already at that point serving a six-year prison sentence because he admitted buying mobile phones for the for the Kinnahan Organised Crime Group. Um, and that those phones were used in the murder of Michael Barr at the Sunset House pub in Dublin in April 2016. But his lawyers went to the Court of Criminal Repeal, appeal in relation to one of those convictions. And that case and the general guidance given um, in that case, was was relied heavily upon for this Jonathan Dowdall case. Now, that uh, guidance included that the looking at basically what the nature of the acts of assistance were, um, the consequences of, of of the the acts, and basically uh, the nature of the organised crime group. And in his case, it was the Kinnehan. And I think there was there was a, a very lengthy submission given to the court on kind of how big the Kinnehan's were, how organised they were and how these cell structures were used by them. So in the case of Jonathan Dowdall, Justice Tony Hunt said there was a headline sentence of 15 years. Okay, now O'Higgins, his senior counsel, had asked for sentenced to be between zero and five years. He said it was in the lower end of it, but the court didn't agree and Justice Hunt said he regrettably couldn't accept that. He said Dowdall had knowledge of this organised crime group um, and he assisted and followed instructions from from men in this crime group and that he he made his father available basically to the leading members of this, this crime group um, to carry out activities it's it, the court said he continued to associate with them after the event which was in the regency hotel on the 5th of february 2016 because evidence has been heard that on the 7th of march he travelled to meet who we know to be jerry hutch in north county dublin and he drove with him north of the border and back that day and um the, the judge said that there was surveillance on the vehicle and that there's recordings from that vehicle, which he isn't privy to what's in them, Justice Hunt. But... um He said that two days later, and what's significant is, there was a weapon seizure, and that was from Shane Rowan. Those weapons were believed to have been the ones used in the Regency Hotel. So what he's saying is that he took instructions from this organised crime group, the Hutch organised crime group. He met with this senior member of the group, who we know to be Jerry Hutch. Now, that hasn't been read out in court, but we know that. And that he, after the murder had been committed, continued to associate with them and travel to the north. So he says it was uh, difficult for the court to see how the headline sentence could be different to Aylmer's, Mm -hmm. because it was that series certainly not at the lower end of the scale. The, The judge said that basically you could look on a hotel room or phones as the same implements that while they are both things that are used by legitimate society when they're obtained for serious crime or for these organised crime groups they're used for a particular activity and they aid and abet them I suppose and um, that's what, again why he could he could tally it with the, the Elmer case while he was procuring phones Dowdall had procured this hotel room which he said was um, was used by the gang to house and hide a very significant figure in the crime that took place. So the figure that he finally arrived at, taking all these things into consideration, so the 15 years is the maximum that could be given um, to Dowdall in the court. So given all the considerations, the figure he arrived on for the headline sentence, as they call it, was eight years. Now, he said that Mr. Dowdall, I think Aylmer didn't have previous convictions, whereas Dowdall had, and he said he was not a person of good character. Um. There was evidence that he had, you know, done charitable or whatever community work in the past, but that this kidnap sentence, this kidnap conviction he had was serious and basically you couldn't look on him as a, as a good guy, basically. He did say that um, he was facing up to a period in custody, that he would pleaded guilty at an early charge, he looked at his medical reports and the personal reports, but he basically kind of said that there's a deduction of five percent in ordinary circumstances anyway from that eight-year headline, so that brings it down to six years, and there was an additional factor to, for the court to consider, which was kind of unusual for them, and it's the fact that he's made this statement and will be giving evidence against others, i.e. Jerry the Munkutch and his co-accused, and he was going to face further testimony in court, and he said it was an issue for them to decide, basically whether that resulted in him getting more time time off his sentence. So um, he also pointed out that it remains a, a matter of public record that Dowdall had challenged the legality <laughs> of the <laughs> special criminal court in the Supreme Court and had. Challenge that at the expense of the state.
1: Mm. But she was certainly a part of that case, I suppose, whether he was leading or not, I suppose is another thing. But,
0: about. like, isn't it sort of funny you'd be sitting there, y- you've you've sat there, like, you, you've you said this court shouldn't even exist. You know, you've thrown your dolls out of your pram and you've kicked up about it, and then you're coming back, sitting there in the court, recognising it and looking at, for leniency. It's just another element of Dowdall's complete turnaround in what he was doing a couple of months ago, isn't it? Um, and I'm sure he was—he wanted the ground to open when <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> that was pointed out. Um, yes, but nonetheless, the fact that he had, I suppose, gone witness protection, that he'd given these lengthy statements, that he was going to give testimony in future trials, was exceptional, the court said, and there were... Situations that there were suspended sentences given to people, according to O'Higgins, who were in this situation. But the court did rely on a previous case of a Mr. Boza. I know nothing about that, but this person seemed to be in custody, went witness protection, and got a suspended sentence. But in that case, this Boza character had already served one and a half years of a four year sentence, and it seemed sort of ridiculous as such to send them back into custody when they were going to be given testimony. And they didn't see that case as being similar or that they should rely on the principles of it. It was different, basically, the, the, this Dowdall case. Um, but they did recognise, nonetheless, that he was going to be giving future assistance uh, to the state. Justice Hunt said that he recognised that this that the idea that he is going to give evidence was going to have an immediate and lasting effect on his life and on that of his family, that they were going to be living in very precarious and dangerous situations and that the authorities have uh, regard for that, basically, uh, and have to accept that there has to be a significant reduction in the sentence as a result of that. So, we've gone from eight, the headline, to six with the 25% taken off, which everyone seems to get. And... He took another two off in relation to the fact that he's going to give evidence. So he won himself two years out of custody for going state witness. Mm. But that still brings him down to the figure of four years imprisonment, um, which, Justice Hunt pointed out, was a total discount of 50% on the original headline sentence, but which, you know, is a long time. Yeah, I'm sure he would have been looking for a little bit less, I think. Like it's a long time given his circumstances. Now, he um, he also said that this business of this seven and a half months, that the court wasn't going to recognise that as time in custody because they couldn't really say whether or not the prison service would have let him out. But it's kind of up to the prison. He kicked it onto the prison to decide whether or not he should be allowed that seven and a half yeah. months off the
1: sentence. But the management of the sentence would be the yeah. prison's responsibility really,
0: which exactly. is not the court's. So he didn't really flinch. No. He was much calmer, wasn't he? He was much mm. more together, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, he looked like he'd had a couple of nights sleep anyway, <laughs> compared to the last
0: time. Yeah, well, you see, the last time he was coming in to face the music, I suppose, and the shock of everybody, but uh, he's probably got used to it, like human beings get used to every circumstance. Um, but yeah, I think he was probably expecting a custodial sentence. I think he was probably expecting that. Mm. There's never really any major surprises usually in court. And although O'Higgins did his best to kind of get him this suspended sentence that he didn't have to go back in, I think he knew himself. Didn't.
1: I'm sure he would have been told, you know, your chances here are pretty low. Like, you're probably going to have to go back.
0: Didn't Justice Tony Hunt make some comment? He did. He, he,
1: he said, uh, bearing in mind the, the weakness of the argument.
0: <laughs> yeah, he said that to, to O'Higgins, who kind of knew himself, I think. Then he just moved on to Patrick Dowdall, which was a simpler and quicker process. He said he kind of described him as an assistant to the assistant. So in other words, he was assisting Jonathan Dowdall, who he was seeing as an assistant in this overall Regency hotel, and that Patrick Dowdall was another step away from that, really. Mm. He said he wasn't charged with any substantial offence in relation to the the Regency in the first place. This is where I think he's leaning on the fact that Jonathan Dowdall was facing murder and no longer was after he, he pleaded guilty to the lesser charge. Mm. He certainly seems to have put it into his consideration. Um so he said there was no attempt by Patrick Dowdall to conceal his identity. Now that he was talking about when he um, booked and paid for the hotel room out in the Regency, which was used, he showed up, he didn't conceal his face, he paid them in cash, he went up to the room, he came back out of the hotel, which was covered, as we spoke before, in, in CCTV. And he
1: also, when questioned about it, said, yes, that was me and that's what I did. So
0: He did, I think, the first time they rang him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they said they had got a manifest of the everybody who was in the hotel and he was one of many people who were phoned. Um, he also said about him that he was not involved with the organised crime group.
1: Mm.
0: Now, the last time we were in court for the sentence hearing, O'Higgins was saying that Jonathan Dowdall wasn't involved with the Hutch organised crime group and the state seemed to be in agreement with that. Mm. He wasn't a member of it as yeah, such, yeah. recognised member of it, that he was used, I think, is what O'Higgins said by them. But in this case, Dowdall is seen as not involved at all with the organised crime group. Mm. I mean, you get the impression from there today that he was just seen as a kind of a pawn brought along by The Sun.
1: It did seem that way, that he was sort of just, uh, I think, just as said, made available yeah. by Jonathan Dowdall to, to perform these basic sort of task without any understanding of what was going on behind it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so because of that, he said it was a low-level offence and that the, the, instead of, in Jonathan's case, where the eight years was the headline, in Patrick's case, a four-year was the headline sentence set. So then you start subtracting and adding, well, there's no ads here, but subtracting. So 25% off that mm-hmm. brings you down to three years. And um, he said that Patrick Dowdall is likely to be caught up basically in the mess as such of his son's decision to go state witness. So in other words, his life is going to be disrupted because of his son's decision to give evidence that he hasn't made that decision, but his life is going to be dramatically affected by that. And we know that he has been accepted onto the Witness Protection Programme himself. Um, this, The court said that his medical considerations were much weightier than Jonathan's. Mm-hmm. So I think we'd heard he had suffered strokes and he had various complications. So he moved on to basically giving him a final sentence of two years. So he got one year off because of all these factors that he was unaware kind of of what he was doing. He was just being used by the son and made available by him. Um, and he, that sentence in his case is to be backdated. So he's already served a year and a little bit of that because of the time he spent in prison while facing Regency charges. So I'm sure he'll be happier.
1: Yeah, he will. He'll still be going back to prison, but not
0: for very long, I'd imagine. No, because, you know, it looks like about less than a year, actually, and then he will get time off, I would guess, six months in prison, Mm. if even that. So O'Higgins... Then said that the, you know, his client's circumstances had changed drastically and arrangements were being put in place for his family. In other words, he's talking about the witness protection at this point. Um, and obviously, Justice Hunt recognised that things were going to be very difficult for the Dowdall family as a result of this custodial sentence. But in a way, he kind of said, not much more different are difficult than other people who aren't maybe in the witness protection but whose loved one goes to prison that a family circumstance is going to change when somebody's put away.
1: That is a consequence of the crime. Like that's, there's no way around that really.
0: And he often says that to them, you know what I mean? Especially at the point when there's either a guilty plea or they've been found guilty and they're putting up reasons why their sentences shouldn't be long. He, he regularly makes quips to them about, well, you know, you should have thought about that before you committed a crime or, you know, in the case of um, Patrick Curtis uh, who has claustrophobia and he was caught up, he was actually the leader of the gang that attempted made the attempt on Patsy Hutch's life. He was begging for, you know, a, a, a lesser sentence because he suffered this dreadful claustrophobia. And I think he said to him at some point, you know, well, maybe you should consider considered not getting involved in crime if you didn't want to go to jail. Um, so they both actually made an application then for two weeks before they present themselves to custody in portleesh Prison. In actual fact, O'Higgins said the guardie will present them to Port Leash prison, mm. but they wanted that two weeks to basically fix up their affairs. Yeah, Because, like, they're packing up their entire lives. Mm. They're not going into custody to come back out to their homes. They're gone, like, they're not going to be ever going back to their homes.
1: Mm. And all their family have to pack up as well. It's not if just the not two, two men gone. involved. So.
0: If they're not already gone, like, mm. and, you know, I'm sure you have things to do like, now, I'm sure the state help if you're in witness protection, but your bank accounts, your bills that you owe. Mm. Um, Schools. So all sorts of stuff, yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine if you had to pack up your entire life now within a couple of days. Mm. I would be very stressed out, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> it would be a messy process, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this was granted, even though it was unusual, that if somebody's convicted sentence, they usually go straight into custody. But in the circumstances, I think Justice Hunt was kind of saying, Well look, they're going to be in guard custody. It's not like they can do a runner. Yeah. Um so it's kind of okay. Give them the two weeks and let them present at leash jail. Um and of course tomorrow uh Jerry Hutch stands trial for the murder of of uh, David Byrne. And if it goes ahead we'll hear the opening of the case so what we'll hear is a kind of summary of what the state has to put to him mm. so that'll be that's always a really interesting day actually the first day um so niall is going to be there and I'll talk to him afterwards but um yeah another 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 day moves on and um everyone's talking about it you know you come out of the court and you're going around talking to people around the court and they're all going my god it's mad isn't it Mm. what's going to happen next so there is that sense of which way will it turn it's like you're watching uh, a plot unfold in front of you You've been listening to Crime World a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me Nicola Talent. Research Assistant is Clodamini If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free SundayWorld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.